welcome to Dads with Daughters. In this show, we spotlight dads, resources, and more to help you be the best dad you can be. Welcome back, everyone. This is Chris Lewis from the Dads with Daughters podcast. Really excited to have you back again this week where we bring you guests to help you to be active participants in your daughter's lives, raising them to be strong, independent women. It's always exciting for me to be able to bring on new guests that are going to allow for you to be able to think a little bit differently about the way that you father. And uh, today we've got Jim Gaetano Jr. with us. And Jim is going to be talking to us. He's president of Diamond Wealth Advisors and the author of a new children's book called Larry the Bunny Saves His Money. And we're going to talk a little bit about talking to your kids about money, but we may even throw in some tips about what you can do to be able to start thinking about your own future, your family's future, and and beyond. Jim, thanks so much for being here today. Thanks for having me, Chris. You know, it is always my pleasure to have guests on that that are fathering in different ways. This is all about uh, helping dads be better dads. And I always start our interviews with some questions to get to know you as a dad. So first and foremost, I want you to go back in time. I know you've got two kids. You've got a son and a daughter. So I want, because of the Dads with Daughters podcast, I, I want to go back in time a little bit and have you uh, think back to that first reaction that you had when you found out that you were going to be a father to a daughter. Tell me about that. I knew that we were expecting the news from the doctor to let us know whether it was a boy or girl, but that wasn't supposed to come for a few more days. And my wife and I were going to know about that together, but she got a phone call a few days before the expected time. And the doctor, it was from the doctor, and they said, do you want to know? And my, my wife said yes. <laughs> so she didn't call me right away because, ironically, she thought I wouldn't be happy for some reason because it was our first child was going to be a, a girl. And so she was, in a way, kind of hesitant to tell me because she thought I really wanted a boy. And, oh, my God, once I heard it was girl, I was so excited and happy and just felt blessed and I wouldn't want it any other way for, for me personally. So we get a laugh about that sometimes, how she couldn't hold off from hearing the news once the doctor said, would you like to know? I know your husband isn't on the phone. And she said, sure. So that's how we found out. But I, I just felt blessed and was just uh, excited about the years to come with having a, a baby girl. Now, I know your daughter is seven and you've had many, many experiences with her, but what would you say is one of the most memorable experiences that you've had thus far as a father to a daughter? I think just watching her grow up. And again, we're just in those stages. We have, we have just such a, a great relationship. I drive her to school. She is going to school physically. The school uh, actually hasn't had one COVID issue and they've done a phenomenal job during this. And so I drive her to school every day and we have that 10 or 15 minutes to just talk. And just watching her grow into becoming a very, as I expect, strong, independent, spiritual woman. And I just love seeing that. And the fact that we as fathers have a, a very, very major influence in that just is wonderful. As you're raising a daughter in today's society, what would you say is your biggest fear in raising a daughter today? Oh, I, I'm starting to, <laughs> since she's seven, Chris, you're kind of in the bubble is what I call it until once they start getting in first grade and, and, and everything opens up and she starts hearing 
things and seeing things. And so the fear is there's a lot out there and and the internet allows, unfortunately, kids to see things that maybe they shouldn't see or hear things they shouldn't. And so we as parents have to be really diligent on what they're watching and, and, and things like that. So I think the biggest fear is that as a parent, you just don't equip your children with the necessary tools to be able to handle the negativities of the world that are going to happen. Regardless of how much we may want to protect our children, we are trying to set them up to become independent adults. And they are going to face uh, situations and scenarios that that are not kind, that are not positive, that may be bullying, that may be uh, things that they see or hear that we might want to. But but we have to to give them the tools necessary to be able to handle those appropriately. And I guess my biggest fear is is that maybe I, I don't live up to that in some way that I have certain expectations to do so. Yeah, it's never easy to be able to maneuver those type of things and trying to keep your kids safe while still allowing them to have some a sense of independence, you know, as they get older, you know, as they get into their tween and teen years, it gets even more so. And I can say that from experience. <laughs> so when you think back to raising your daughter, what would you say has been the hardest part in being a father to a daughter? So far, again, this is my limited seven year experience. I think the hardest part for me of the first seven years was the early stage for me, because Your kids are primarily dependent upon the mother, you know, the first few months. And while I'm, you know, wiping butts and and, and helping out with food and all that, there isn't that communication that happens. And so I think for me, it was the the early on after having a baby, I loved it, but it was harder because the the communication, you know, wasn't there. And then as she starts talking and, and then crawling and then walking, and then you're able to communicate, I really like that part. And right now I feel like it's the best Part because we can communicate and have conversations, which are wonderful. And, and even certain shows that I've kind of got her into that she likes. And I think it's only going to continue to get better. Sure, there'll be more challenges in the between and teen years, I'm sure. But uh, I, I think it'll just keep getting better. It does get better. And it just and it changes. So the relationship evolves as your daughter uh, gets older, as you get older. And there are definite times that are that are good times and there's going to be challenging times, too. I mean, but that goes with being a, a dad. It's what we sign up for. Now, I know that I said at the beginning of the interview that you have a brand new book called Larry the Bunny Saves His Money. And one of the things that I think all parents have to do that is not always the easiest thing to do is to be able to talk to our kids about money, about what we have to do, that money doesn't just, as we say, grow on trees, right? That it, that you do work for it, that you have to save it, that you have to be cautious with the money that you have. And the book that you've written has really laid that out in a kind of a fun way. What made you decide that you wanted to take this journey to write a children's book? Well, I've been a volunteer for some nonprofits for a long time that helped teach kids about money, you know, financial literacy. And I've been a big proponent of it being part of our nationalized curriculum because it's very important. And the reality is, is that in most schools across the country, it is not part of the curriculum to teach habits about money and saving. And then, of course, unless you study accounting or finance in college, it's really not part of college. So so we train our, our, our kids to become successful adults and within the skills that they've been, you know, gifted from God, but but then not how to actually use that money that they've earned appropriately that can benefit them and society best. 
going into debt right away doesn't necessarily make sense, but we see that a lot happening just because kids aren't taught appropriately. And so really the primary teacher becomes the parent, if you really think about it. And so I see this because of what I do for a living. And one of the questions, Chris, I ask any new client I bring on, I ask a lot of very, very open-ended questions to get to know people and their behaviors. And one is, who influenced you most about money? And it is normally the parents that have influenced people the most, for better or worse. And it just, from that experience and those experiences, it said to me, you know, I really want to be involved in this. And then when you have young kids... And I'm at that stage with kids, five and a seven-year-old, that I'm really talking to them about money. And I was looking for sources in which to really do so. And there's just not a lot out there. And I said to myself, you know what? I'm just going to write a, a children's book on it. And that's where the whole idea came from. I shared it with the public because so many people really, really liked it. And they thought that it would be beneficial for parents and grandparents the other thing is, is that I have been doing a lot of reading over the years. It's part of my job. And, and when it comes to understanding money and why people are successful about money and with money, the primary determinant is their behavior. And so I read a lot about behavior and research on neuroscience, the way our brains work. And what I'm finding is the majority of our habits are formed by age seven. And so if our habits are really going to determine that behavior that leads us to be successful financially, and those habits are pretty much formed early in life, we need to be teaching our kids certain habits that correlate with solid money management, but we need to be teaching them early in life. You know, that is so important. And I know that it is something you have to start very early. And your book definitely gets into that. It's written for a young child in mind, something that a father and a daughter could read together. And as they get into a reading at, at a younger age, this definitely is one that they could read too. One of the things that you write in the book talks about the the concept of, of sharing, spending, saving, and being able to really look at those, uh, look at the way that you're using your money. And and I found that kind of an interesting way. What Are there some specific tips that you have for parents that are trying to talk to their kids about money, even some things that they could set up in their own home to be able to practice that sharing, spending, and saving? Oh, yeah, definitely. And the way the, the book goes, uh, Larry the Bunny saves his money. It's, a, it's this cute little bunny <laughs> that I use because kids seem to like bunnies and they seem to find them cute. So Larry gets paid 10 carats a month. And he, his dad is the one that taught him. He always remembered the wise words of his dad. Every time you work and get your pay, save two carrots for another day. So Larry starts by saving. That's the first bucket, saving those carrots. And then after he saved, he needs to do other things, such as his uncle Sam, who runs the town, and it costs three carrots to keep it clean and sound. So he needs to pay his taxes. Then he needs to get groceries and do things. But at the end, he also gets to share that money that he still has left over with his friends to enjoy it and then also spend it because he saved first. So it's that those buckets in there that, that you can teach your kids, which are saving, sharing, and spending. You can even turn that into a more spiritual theme if you want as well. But to, to answer your question, Chris, when you look at certain things we as parents can do to bring that up the conversation, I came up with a really easy to remember kind of saying, delay it, play it, say it, and you better display it. 
to be successful financially, you have to be able to delay current gratification. And that is a very important habit that we have to teach our kids. So literally just being a good dad by, you know, making sure that you ensure a reasonable amount of discipline with your kids, that they can't have everything tomorrow, you said, or today, you said it earlier, money doesn't grow on trees, delaying gratification. So for example, a, a quick tip, if my son wants to play with me, my daughter, you know, wants to play with me all of the time. And so when my daughter, Anna says, dad, I want to play with you, daddy, I want to play with you. If you drop everything you're doing all the time to play with them as much as you want to, they have to learn patience. And so sometimes they say, give me five minutes and it forces them to be patient, right? Just a quick tip. That's the way. Play it. The way kids learn, there's really two methods that kids learn. It's by imitation and induction. Um, induction is learned through observing our environment and kids learn through a cause and effect. All of you dads out there that are listening understand that, right? You know, our daughter touches something hot and ooh, it hurts. So they know not to do that again. They cry. They're crying for daddy. And if they keep crying and daddy goes every single time, they know they cry. And the response is daddy is, is coming to them. So they learn through that social environment that you are providing for them. So you can play that through. I know my daughter and I would play restaurant a lot. She would, Chris would be the restaurant owner and all these wonderful foods she would cook, you know, hot dogs and wings and hamburgers and pizza. And I would have money, fake money that I would pay. And so she's through play understanding there is this give and take. There's this relationship. She's, she's making food as the restaurant owner and being very creative and learning through that. And I'm paying her. But sometimes daddy didn't have enough money. And it's important to know that there are restraints in life. So through play, it's, it's not a big deal. She just notices it. that Okay, sometimes you don't have enough forever. And so there's many, many ways to play it. And almost anything that you're doing, you can think of to include a lesson that could include a habit about money. Uh, and then say it. Say it would be talk to your kids about it. It's actually why I wrote the book. I was looking for other ways to begin or should I say continue the dialogue I had created with my daughter about money. And so reading a book is such an easy way to do it because it's coming through you that someone else has created. So Larry, the bunny saves his money is a wonderful way in which to do that, to teach them. But that's delay it, play it, say it, Chris. But then also you got to display it. You know, we dads here, if I'm talking to my daughter and telling her right before bed that you can't have chocolate while I'm munching on a Hershey chocolate bar, my words are going to be less impactful. So growing up, you want to make sure that you mean what you say, you say what you do. And if you're talking about money and habits and things that people should do, live within reason and do so because your kids will imitate you. They will look at your behaviors on how you spend and what you do, and they will imitate you. And I know because I've worked with clients and I ask them questions and you want them to imitate the good things you do. So I think those are a few things that we as parents delay it, play it, say it, and then display it can be done actually quite easily. And most of you are probably thinking about this saying, well, I think I already do some of this stuff because it really isn't hard to just add it right into your current repertoire as a parent. And whether you know it or not, you're actually instilling solid habits that relate and correlate positively to adult successful financial behavior. I completely agree, and I've I've not heard of it heard of it that way. And the the you know delay it, play it, say it. I created it. That's why. Yeah, I mean it's great. I think that also goes into play when you think of the way that we as adults also think about money, and. I think for for some people, they're going paycheck to paycheck and 
you know, it's hard to be able to think about the future and think about those good habits to be able to prepare yourself for the future. I guess I would say, you know, we've talked about for people that may be going paycheck to paycheck that may not be able to put those good spending habits into play because right now they're they're just trying to make ends meet, but they do have kids at home. How do they start to pivot? How do they start to adjust to be able to not only show their kids those good habits, but be able to get into good habits for themselves to be able to get themselves into a different place? The first thing is, is regardless of your income level, a budget. So if you're talking about, as you asked, Chris, those that maybe are living at or maybe below a living wage, it's extremely difficult. You're just trying to make ends meet. So you may not be able to save first if you are below a living wage and you're just barely paying your bills. But you can bring your kids in through that budget process. And look what look what daddy's doing. Daddy has to reconcile his bank account. Daddy has to make sure he knows from the money he's earned that he has to pay people that he owes because we need a place to live. We need food to eat on the table. And these things cost money. And it's important for kids to understand that because if you don't explain it to them, no matter what your income level is, they will create their own environment and their own definition of what that looks like. And so you want to be positive with it because it is a matter of fact. And the reality is, is if you are working hard and barely, you know, just making, breaking even, if you will, right, your kids are going to see you work hard. Your kids are going to know that. And, and you want to tell them, well, we are, we are doing a budget to make sure that, that we can pay our bills. And that is a big thing. That might be step one, to make sure that your kids understand you got to work to pay your bills. And then if you happen to have enough money that's over and above the, the, those basic necessities, right, then, then you can save first. And so, you know, daddy gets a promotion or daddy got a different job or, or another opportunity. Well, look, I'm doing this, son or daughter, so I can save. And we save for something that's going to happen in the future. So if you don't bring up the conversation with your kids I can about money, I can guarantee you advertisers will when they're on the internet. And we live in a world that is, I want it yesterday. And that's what our kids, our daughters are growing up into. And so it is really up to you to control that conversation as much as you can. So I don't think it's really an income thing. It is a being able to be open and talk to them about it personally. That's what I think. And one of the things I should mention, actually kind of a side note, yesterday I spoke to a school that asked me to go speak to their kindergartners, first graders, and second graders to read the book. And in the school, it was so cool, Chris. They had Stephen Covey's Seven Habits for Effective People and Effective Leaders, if you will, in every single classroom. And so I asked all the kids, every single classroom, six different classes, what they learned about the book and how they could relate it to any one of the seven habits for effective leaders. And right away, they noticed it. They, be proactive. Well, pay yourself first. Begin with the end in mind. Begin with some sort of goal. What's the goal that you have? That's why you put money aside. Put first things first. That's why you're saving if you can right away. And win-win. You save some money, you share some money, and then you spend it. Everyone wins out of all of that. So I found that very, very interesting, Chris, that here it is. They're, you're, they're trying to teach leaders and, and learn habits of effective leaders, and that actually flows right through into the book. What you said there is gold. I mean, I think one of the things that comes to mind when, and the things that you just said is that no matter 
where you are in regards to your income, your your living standard, you know, whatever it might be, whatever we portray to our kids is going to be perpetuated. And we have to be able to think about the future, not only for ourselves, but also for the, for our kids and setting our kids up for success in the future, too. Are, are you seeing that to be the case in people that you work with? Without a doubt, that's a great point you made. I mean, I have another book that just came out as well called The Fruitful Retirement, which is providing emotional and financial clarity as, as people transition into retirement. And when I wrote that book, actually, Chris, I wrote it for people that are entering retirement or recently retired. but people that are reading it are saying it fits anyone of any age. So if you're a dad that's in your your 30s or 40s or 50s, but not necessarily ready for that retirement yet, whether it be emotionally or financially, there's still some tidbits that can fit in there. And as I was writing that book, there was a lot of introspective thought because of COVID and the virus. And the whole idea, I think that, I wouldn't say idea, one of the things that you've learned over the last year is there's just a lot of fear out there. The fear about the virus, fear about you know your job, and there's fear when it comes to money on all different stages of life. Regardless of whether someone may not have enough or has more than enough, everyone seems to exhibit some sort of anxiety about their money. That is common to know. It is also helpful to know that other people are going through this as well. And regardless of what stage you are, you can overcome that particular anxiety by certain things. And, and I actually note there's four stages to retirement, but one thing is to, to acknowledge it, but then you have that anxiety that a lot of people fall into. And the two stages after is to action and acceptance. Accept where you are and apply action to it and it will get better. And so I agree with you 100%. I think wherever, whoever's listening here today, we as dads, we know we can always improve. We're always gonna have some anxiety. That's part of life, but apply that positive action and just continuing to improve. I appreciate everything that you've shared there. And I'll put links in the notes today to your books so that people can find them today too. Join Fathering Together this March for the Stand Up Dad Summit, an online conversation series about what it means to be a dad supporting gender equity. We have collected experts and fathers to answer questions and offer ideas of how to inspire your household to value gender equity. Join us every Monday in March for a different panel with its own theme, encompassing how to support women of all ages in your life. During these conversations, panelists will share ways to support gender equity as parents, partners, workers, and community members through personal action, advocacy, and building a better understanding of healthy masculinity and engaged fatherhood. More information can be found at our website, fatheringtogether.org. Now, we always finish our interviews with what I like to call our Fatherhood Five, where we ask you five questions to delve deeper into you as a parent. Are you ready? All right. Yeah, let's do it. In one word, what is fatherhood? Love. When was a time you felt that you finally succeeded at being a father to a daughter? I would say when she first said, I love you, daddy. It just hit my heartstrings. How would your kids describe you as a dad? Calm, loving, humorous, playful. And who inspires you to be a better dad? My daughter. And finally, what advice would you give to other dads? Be yourself. You're not going to be perfect. Nobody is. Trust that God has given us all the tools necessary to be wonderful dads. But I will tell you, I, I remember reading a book when I first had my daughter. And it was a doctor and a psychologist. And strong father, strong daughter is what it was called. And it was about the importance of being strong for your daughter. They are looking for us as dads to be there for them. And there will be periods... This particular was about teenage daughters and the potential pitfalls they can fall into 
if not, if a strong father is not there for them. They need to be told no <laughs> many times. Uh, we want to give them the world, but part of giving them the world is showing them the tough love at certain times when they need it, even though they don't know it. And so uh, I would say, hey, we're in this together as dads to make this a place so that our women, our daughters can grow up to be beautiful, strong, independent women and rock the world. So keep doing what you're doing is what I would say. And you're not the only one that has talked about Dr. Meg Meeker's book, uh, Strong Fathers, Strong Daughters. It is a great book and definitely one that uh, we've heard from other guests that have found it to be an amazing read. And Jim, I just appreciate you being here today. Now, if people want to find out more about you, about the book... Where should they go to find out more? Probably the first place would be jimdegatano.com. My last name isn't one that's easy to say. So J-I-M-D-E-G-A-E-T-A-N-O, jimdegatano.com. And there you'll, you'll find more if you wanted to be on a newsletter or you wanted to buy the books. Both books are on Amazon. Larry the Bunny saves his money. You can search for on Amazon. It, it is a bestseller. And then The Fruitful Retirement just came out as well. So The Fruitful Retirement... And Larry the Bunny saves his money both on Amazon, but you can go to jimdegatano.com and find the books too. As I said, Jim, thanks so much for being here and I wish you all the best. Thank you, Chris. Very much appreciate having me and thank you for doing what you do. If you've enjoyed today's episode of the Dads with Daughters podcast, we invite you to check out the Fatherhood Insider. The Fatherhood Insider is the essential resource for any dad that wants to be the best dad that he can be. We know that no child comes with an instruction manual and most dads are figuring it out as they go along. And the Fatherhood Insider is full of resources and information that will up your game on fatherhood. Through our extensive course library, interactive forum, step-by-step roadmaps, and more, you will engage and learn with experts, but more importantly, dads like you. So check it out at fatheringtogether.org. If you are a father of a daughter and have not yet joined the Dads with Daughters Facebook community, there's a link in the notes today. Dads with Daughters is a program of Fathering Together. Find out more at fatheringtogether.org. We look forward to having you back for another great guest next week, all geared to helping you raise strong, empowered daughters and be the best dad that you can be. We're all in the same boat And it's full of tiny screaming passengers We spend the time We give the lessons, we make the meals, we buy them presents. Bring your A-game, cause those kids are growing fast. The time goes by just like a dynamite blast. Calling astronauts and firemen, carpenters and muscle men. Get out and be the world to best dad you can be Be the best dad you can be